Darso's. Episode 353, Palindromic. Oh, I like that. Yes. Well, you know I do. I like all those kind of things. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? What's new in your world? It's officially like switched over to now. Like they're like these cool mornings at my house. Yeah, where it's like not blazing hot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like all that right. Beachy gloom thing. I'll allow I it. I just like. I'm like, is it Halloween yet? What the hell? Oh my God, I was telling. When can they start dressing all in all black? I was cracking up because I was telling Adam how I told you what I wanted to be for Halloween, and then I said, "Well, what do you want to be?" And you were like, "A witch!" Like offended like, that I would even ask. Yeah. I'm like, duh, we've been over this. <laughs> you should know better. I have the, the outfit sitting in my Poshmark closet, I, shopping cart. I don't know why, how it doesn't tempt you to be something else, though. Every now and then, but then I just think, like, day of, what? Yeah. Like, I don't like a lot. Sometimes I, I think I want to do the big, huge, like, fancy, you know, over-the-top costume, and then... When it comes down to like, oh, now you have to actually make it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I like. I would rather have that time to just like, you know, enjoy Halloween and even just to wear it. They're so uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> uncomfortable. Like when I was a mermaid. Yeah, that was gorgeous. But forget it. What was uncomfortable about it? <laughs> the scales. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was like being in a bikini top all night long, but the bikini <laughs> top was like covered in yeah, you know, like scales, like shells right. and stuff like right. that. And it was just like, I, I was just aware. And then I'm covered in body paint. Mm-hmm. So it's like anything you touch or rub against is going to turn blue. Yeah. And you know, right. and I go like classic witch. No, none of that green face paint BS. BS. <laughs> yeah. How are you that opinionated about it? I'm not. I'm just being funny. You know. Right. You're a classic witch. I'm like, yes, I'm, cla- I'm witch classic. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're not playing. Yeah. You're not the wicked witch of the West. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yes. I, I know it's only, you know, September at this time, but uh, <laughs> the Sarah came up with the best idea for us to do a brain candy Halloween. Do you remember what it is? Don't tell them. N- no. This was but... at the Casey Musgraves concert. You Oh, I was on fire that night. <laughs> you really were. So I don't really remember what I said because I would just have been who knows. Well there a was a lot there was a lot going on, but And I was very, very dis- I, I can't be blamed. It was the tots. <laughs> I have never known anyone who loves tots like you do. Well, I just had a craving. I had a hankering for the tots. Yeah, and then they tried to pull the old like sweet potato tot routine. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. Who wants Again. those? Literally no, no one. one. Actually no one. They made it perfectly and then they messed it up. They were like, yeah. Let's how can we yes. make this new and different? Nobody wants new and different. Nobody nobody does. And like if I want like a, a healthy sweet potato, yeah. you know, kale hash meal, I'm going to order that. <laughs> and I'm going to eat that. Hash. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get, like, the thing that's the delicious thing that you've tried to make healthy. Don't no, do that. can it? Yeah. Um, we have to begin by talking about this hilarious headline about the first uh, space crime. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the best news story of all time. <laughs> Tell the people what's <laughs> happening in space. Okay, thank you, the Brainiac. The crime is committed in space. <laughs> that said it to me. I can't remember who it was, but... So there's a... Uh, 
female astronaut, also known as an astronaut, and yeah. she <laughs> and she <laughs> was up in that space station for. She was out in space for like six months, and That's a while. yeah, and she is going through a divorce and a custody battle with her ex now ex-wife and she went up into that international space station and while she was up there she logged into her ex's bank account and like was scoping out what's going on and the ex kept saying like oh, how does no. she know so much about my purchases oh my and saying like I can't afford such and such and then she called the bank and had them do an IP search to figure out where these Someone was logging in, and the, one was NASA International Space Station. Oh, my God. Could you imagine seeing that if you're the person? You're like, well, oh. this, this took a turn. Oh. Well, and it's like... This really, narrows down our yeah, suspect pool. Right. Yes. The suspect list just got real small. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. And, uh, ma'am, do you know anybody who has been in or around the space station recently? <laughs> hmm, I can't recall. So now they're having to deal with this, the first crime committed in space and how to handle it. Isn't that great? Well, this is funny because like there was that, yes. like Trump a while ago was like, I'm going to be the police officer of the space yes. or whatever he said <laughs> like that. Called. Like space war force. cop, the space force. <laughs> and for it to be like an LGBT related relationship <laughs> issue, it just like really tickles me. Well, do you? For it's like, oh man. I thought I was getting rid of this group. I love here they are in space. And I love this story because I I think this is so relatable that no matter what I, I said to Sarah, you could be Christopher Columbus. And if yeah. you're going through a breakup, you're still gonna be a crazy person. Yeah. Like you're doing this big work and exploring the parts unknown. And yet you're like, wonder what she was spending her money on. <laughs> right. I wonder what's going over on over there on the Nina and the Pinta. And then, and then there's the, the issue of a few years ago when that crazy bitch astronaut put uh-huh. that diaper on. God damn. Well, this kind of makes me think like, is it the kind of like personality that's that, that maybe you know, like the, right. kind of like a fixation, you know, really you have, passionate. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, because they really do weed out people who are, yeah, like, you know, not going to yes be like a hundred percent. Yeah, committed. you can't be lackadaisical. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like my brother, you know, like a lot of people don't pass, but he didn't pass his firefighter exam the first time, not because he didn't know the info, but because his test scores revealed that he wasn't he was too much of an independent thinker. Yeah. So he had to like think about how he needed to answer to be more right. of a conforming thinker. Well, and, and you're uh, right. You know. They probably do vet these people for yes. particular personality traits. Yes. <laughs> and one of them is <laughs> crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love how love makes fools of us all. Like we're just True. so stupid oh. in love. Well, this is a really good segue to talk about a documentary that I saw. Oh, fantastic. Well, first, let me just encourage everyone to get comfortable, put on their favorite Fabletics pants, and settle in for Sarah's story because Fabletics pants are so comfy. They're perfectly, wonderfully made. They don't pill. They look adorable. They have super flattering um, fits. I like the high-waisted, of course. 
And um, these are just beautiful athletic wear pieces that are finally affordable. So you can just go to Fabletics, one-stop shop for affordable athletic wear, whatever you're doing, yoga, running, um, just going to the gym, whatever, they have you covered. And they love us so much that they heard how much we love their their wonderful pants. They gave our listeners a deal. You can get two pairs of leggings for only $24, which is a $99 value when you sign up for a VIP uh, program. Just go to fabletics.com slash brain candy to take advantage of the deal. That's fabletics.com slash brain candy to get two leggings for only 24 bucks. Also free shipping on orders over $49. International shipping is available. There's no commitment when you purchase your first order. Fabletics.com slash brain candy. And now that you're comfortable, we can yes. hear this story. Let's hear well, it. You need to be comfortable because this story is so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, do you remember, of course, how can you forget, the story that was in the news, uh, I think it went to trial maybe like last year or two years ago, about the woman, well, the time she was a girl, 17-year-old, Michelle Carter, who instructed her boyfriend yes. to kill himself. Yes. Okay, so HBO made a documentary on it called I Love You, Now Die. Yes. Did you see no. it? Oh, my God. Yeah. It will make you question a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's what I heard. It really does. There's so much of that story that we didn't really hear. Can you give me an example, though? Okay. For example, so we had this whole idea that, like, this is the, you know, and there was a psychologist who was on there who was saying that this this kind of, this attitude towards women has been around since, you know, the dawn of time. And this is what the whole Salem witch trials were. It was like men are scared that women have some strange power to control their minds Mm -hmm. and so we label these women as like oh she's a witch oh she's a teenage girl who's manipulative and look at all this Mm -hmm. crazy stuff she does but they really unpack it and i'm not saying i'll get to her in a minute but the the young man um conrad roy i think his name Mm -hmm. was uh he had a long history of not just suicidal ideation but very serious suicide attempts that were near successes in the past. So he already had a history of suicidal ideation and prior suicide attempts. And he was really, he had multiple suicide attempts that were what he and this girl called like, like failures, like, like botched suicide jobs where it turned out to be worse because it didn't work. You know, he ended up in the hospital, all this scary stuff. And they were completely in isolation from like other friends they lived in two different towns, and they met when their family went on vacation. Like, their families would vacation in a town like clo- and, like, rent a house close to each other. So they only met in real life, like, four times. And their entire relationship existed on the phone, and they had over 6,000 messages exchanged mm-hmm. over years. And it became this... And at the same time, she was also on antipsychotics, mm. and she was on, I want to say it was Celexa for a while or something like that, and then switched medications. And this psychiatrist says that the switching of medications put her at a level of what they call, um, oh, what is it called? It's like intoxication, but you're not the one who, who you didn't like sign up to get high yeah you know involuntary intoxication so he claimed that involuntary intoxication led to her having feelings like her having symptoms of mania and it's the mania that really made it so she in her mind believes that the only way to save this boy 
is for him to successfully commit suicide. And they showed all of the texts, like you, when they read the text in the news and when they would take little clips, they would take them out of context and they wouldn't read the whole thing. And he was equally saying, you know, a whole, like, messing with her head, really. Mm -hmm. It was, it's really, you go back and forth. It's one of those where you watch and you're like, now I don't even know what to believe anymore. And I know that she should be in trouble. Like, I know that that she should absolutely serve time for something, but Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't even know what it is. And then, like, by the letter of the law, they happen to be in a state. In Massachusetts, there is no, uh, uh, like legislator, I guess that's the word for it, on these sort of cyber crimes where somebody's pu- pushing somebody to the uh, like to a point where they commit an, an act like that. So they're saying like, based on our like legal, you know, rules here, this is not a thing, and they're not wrong. It's like the the, the laws haven't caught up to this yet. Mm-hmm. It's so messy. Do you get the sense that she felt badly after? Not really, right. though. That's the thing that gets me. I know. And this is the other crazy part of the story. So she looks on paper like one of the popular girls. Mm-hmm. All the pictures, she's taking pictures, she's smiling, da da da. She was that super, super intense, like, won't le- you hang out with her one time and all of a sudden she's yeah. telling everybody, oh my God, we're, we're best, best friends. friends. And oh, we're hanging out there. And she would lie and say, like, oh, we're going to go hang out and do this. And, and, and. Yeah, she's and not she well. Not well at all. All mm-hmm. like really, really not well. And then the craziest part was that she took. Well, there were a few crazy. A lot of it was crazy. She took this story like for a test run with her friends. So before he, the night before he killed himself, she felt like she wasn't getting attention from the girls at school, and they were like saying they would hang out with her, but then were always busy and like would would kind of like forget about her. And really, we're just like, she's annoying and she bugs me. And I'm kind of, she's a weirdo. Yeah. And, you know, what's your teenage girls? You have the right to do. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. This gal took, she took this story for a test run and she told, text her friend the night before. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I think he's dead. I think I heard him like, I heard him, you know, suffocating and then I didn't hear anything. And I think he's going to do it in the car with the hose and the carbon monoxide. She told the story. Mm-hmm. And was like looking to see what would she get from it, and sure enough, she's like, "I can't believe this happened. It's all my fault." And then her friends say, "It's not your fault." Blah 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 yeah. blah. You know, and she got exactly what she wanted out of it. And then she throws a, uh, uh, like a, uh, oh, what are they called? Like somebody passes away, and you put an event on. What the hell is wrong with my brain? A vigil? A me- memorial. Memorial. Like a memorial baseball game for him, but not even in his own town. Mm. In her town. And invites all her friends. Mm-hmm. And the pictures are of her, like, smiling and happy. And she's like, this is the best. Like, it. oh, it was so twisted. Hmm. And she, you find out also that she has this crazy fanatic as- obsession with the show Glee and with uh, the main character, the the woman on there, what's her name? Leah Michelle. Le- Mich- mm-hmm. Leah Michelle, who in real life had a boyfriend that killed himself and she got all of the attention from it. Right. And she literally has quotes. Like she'll text him lines straight from the movie or straight from Leah Michelle's interviews mm-hmm. about her dead boyfriend. And she's like texting this guy this. Oh, it gives me the chills. Right. I mean, they clearly I mean, had a toxic cl- relationship. 
Oh, so toxic. And this is what I, you know, I saw some tweet, which is what got me to watch this to begin with, because I watched another one called Who Killed, Who Killed, like Garrett something. Oh, which was so good. So then I had to do like a deep dive in the Twitter verse of like what happened with that story. And then somebody else said, after watching that and I hate or I love you now die, I'm never letting my children go on the internet or out of the house. And I was mm. like, well, now I got to watch this. Settle in, Sarah. Mm. And, you know, it was like probably midnight when I put it on and I was just like. But really, what well, did the internet sleep. have to do with it? Well, what, with their relationship? Well, yeah, with his death, the internet wasn't well, the problem. Well, just the fact, well, you're right, but it's it's a children existing only in a world that is online and not having the parents who would, because you find out their parents aren't exactly amazing individuals yes, either. Yes, yes. You know, the dad had recently been arrested for a uh, uh, domestic violence against the, the son, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, so there's other, and the dad doubles down when he when they ask him about it. He goes, yeah, I was just doing what my dad would have done to me. You know, my dad told me, if you take a swing at me, you better make it your last one because, you know, you, you're going to get it. And he's like, I don't regret anything I did. And I'm just like, this is twisted. And there's no way that those parents were coming in and saying like, so let's talk a little bit about what can happen when somebody is online for too long. And, you know, and then when you exchange so many text messages, but there's not the person there. Yeah. They don't become real. They're not real anymore. Mm-hmm. It's this world where they're both caught up in their own fantasy worlds. Want the guy of being suicidal and manipulative to the woman who he's like keeping on a leash and he loves the attention from that. And she is, you know, working her own angle of this whole fantasy relationship that she thinks is much more serious than he even thinks it is. Mm-hmm. It's so twisted. And it's like if... I will be the kind of parent, I'm not going to say don't go on the internet, but we're going to, the same way, my, you know, I've, I felt like this when um, I talked to somebody about the movie Beauty and the Beast and like Disney movies and how I do not like a lot of the messages that kids can pick up or internalize from them, but I'm going to sit with them and we're going to watch it and we're going to talk about it and not just, you know, not be involved. Yeah. Um, one thing that you should definitely be involved with is a company called Just Fab. Sarah, you're going to love this because oh, yeah. Just Fab has constantly updated clothing, shoes, accessories that are so affordable. So like if something's in style for the summer, but you, let's face it, it probably won't be next year. Correct. <laughs> you don't want to spend a ton of money on it. So their also whole correct. thing is like, let's create all a revolving door of new fashion and styles so that you can get what's in you know in popular at the moment and you don't have to you know break the bank and yes. so the way they do it is that you go on and you take a 60 second style quiz so then you get your personalized outfit recommendations and then they do like a personalized boutique shop for you oh yeah tons of styles and then you can check out as a guest or you can become a vip and the vip people get 30 to 50 percent off retail price and free shipping on over uh orders over 39 bucks and then you get the, all those trending styles and then you get invited to VIP events and all that stuff. And then there's no commitment to order cool. either. You can just skip or whatever anytime you want. And it's just really nice because I found yeah. a bunch of shoes that are super cute. And my shoes get wrecked because 
that's just life. And so that's just, I don't yeah. want to spend a ton of money on them. So right. they have a And these deal. are good like filler pieces, you know, you yes. get your classics and then like I need Rotate. the trendy. Give me like a cute hat and a great handbag and a fun pair of shoes that are on trend. Right. Spice it up a bit. Um, before I forget, Just Fab is offering our listeners an exclusive deal. Get your first Just Fab style for as low as $10 as a VIP. That's 75% off your first item with our special link. Just go to justfab.com slash brain candy. Take advantage of the deal. Justfab.com slash brain candy to get your first style for as low as 10 bucks as a VIP. You can get free shipping on orders over 39 bucks, and there's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order. Justfab.com slash brain candy. Um, they, there's a book out that I'm reading that you reminded me of, and it's called The Coddling of the American Mind. Uh-huh. And it's about this idea where you've seen, you know, like on campuses where a speaker will be coming and then everyone will protest because they don't like that that person is from like the far right or something like that. And it's describing how, you know, this, the latest generation of people have grown up in a world where they've been protected from, you know, hearing dissenting views and whatever. And so now that's why you hear a lot of like the trigger warning stuff and like, Everything is seen as violent, even if it's just someone saying an opinion that you disagree with. With the exception of actual violence. Yeah, with the exception In of In which case violence. we're like, yeah, please let these children play 10 hours of shooting video games. <laughs> Wait, what are you saying? I'm saying that we're desensitizing to ourselves to the wrong kind mm. of things that make like... yeah. Oh my gosh, I have to protect them from an, a dissenting view, but I'm not going to do anything to protect my child against the violence they're seeing on Call of Duty. Yeah, right. That's okay. Because <laughs> I believe in guns. Don't take them. Yeah. But please, God, don't talk about, you know, any other things on the college campus. It made some really good points, though, about how rather than avoiding everything that offends you or trying to remove things from your existence that maybe make you uncomfortable. You teach yourself techniques on how to live in a world where not everyone agrees with you. It sounds so basic, but the truth is we are creating this, especially amongst young people where, oh no, you, you know, like, okay, you know how sometimes people will just let their kid, let's say their kid's 12 and yeah. doesn't want to go into CVS with you. And so yeah. you run into CVS. People have gotten arrested for leaving their 12-year-old in the car for five minutes. That's dumb. It's dumb. And it what it does is then if you keep your kid in a bubble until they're 16 or whenever they go off to college, then they're not able to cope emotionally with right. life. So, yes, academically they can handle it because we're teaching them Oh, here's tutoring and here's how to get into college. But then yeah. once they're there, they're scared. True. So, and they're, that we're seeing this a lot in, in where they can't even handle. I'm thinking back to the, the woman who came on our show who wrote the book Calm Clarity. Yeah. Where she had all the academic exactly. uh, know-how and, and abilities. At, and she got into Harvard. And then the anxiety because she didn't have the tools that the other kids had there as far as like the ability to handle the emotional and like everything else that came with it and she almost dropped out yeah it's like that and it's it was a helpful book to read because you know i'm a parent and i don't want to do that but it is you know an instinct where you just want to protect them from everything but that's not the best idea right but i'm definitely gonna watch this go ahead 
I'm, I'm wondering. What, yeah, you definitely should watch them, and you should watch the one who killed Garrett. It's like Garrett Phillips or Garrett Peters or something. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're going to be pissed well, who when did you do. kill him? Well, I, I think it was the uh, racist cop who <laughs> framed him for it. Okay. I'll watch it. I'll, there, yeah, you have to. And I mean, I was like, I, it was a two-parter, and I watched it in the hotel room <laughs> when I was on the trip, on my trip, and part one ends, and I'm like, oh, you, I, out loud in, at the, in the hotel room, I'm like, oh, HBO, you better give me part two right freaking now. Do not make me <laughs> wait for this. I was like, I yelled at my TV that, and thank God, they did give me part number two. Yeah, they were And then scared. afterwards, I was like, well, now I got to watch that other documentary, too, because dang, yeah, HBO knew what was up. But, uh, man, it was just... I was thinking of you because you had said that what you've been watching lately is Friends all the time. Did you yep. see the headline about the lady that was working for Robert De Niro and he fired her because she spent four days watching 55 episodes of Friends at work? <gasps> oh, at work? Oh, well, girl, you can't do it at work. Right, all day, oh. every day. She was just sitting there no. watching it. I was like, is Sarah working for Robert De Niro? Right. <laughs> I'm moonlighting as Robert De Niro's assistant. <laughs> but just so I could watch more Friends. I mean... Oh, my God, that's funny. Yeah, I get it, though, girl. You know, it's hard yeah. to quit. <laughs> It really is. And you know what? I had to like go off of uh, Friends for a little. I mean, maybe that's it. It's like I had to watch some really like yeah. real life documentary style. Like, I'm like, give me some true crime. <laughs> okay, back to Friends. Is the thing in the human brain that encourages us to watch something we've already seen, like an episode of Friends? Oh, yeah. Is that the same as just sort of like, I like chips, so I'm going to eat chips again? Oh, I don't know. I wonder if it's a little bit more of like that, um, why we like jokes. Like the anatomy of a joke, how you... Yeah, but why would you want to hear the same joke all the time, you you know? I, I, there's a little part of me that thinks it be, it becomes funnier when you... Yes, it does. When you know what's coming and then it still makes you giggle (laughs) and then you like it even more. Yeah. Like there's, and also there's the expectation that I'm not going to laugh as hard because I've already heard this and then you do and then it's twice as funny. That's so true. There's something about it. There totally is. And it's like, and then it's kind of like, like the office. I could watch actually a million times each episode yeah. because they're so subtle. Like the humor is so nuanced and, and they're these little teeny tiny funny things that you don't even pick them all up the first time around. Yeah. I mean, I don't. And then like the second time I'm like, okay, that's hilarious. But would, are you one of these people that would say basically after Michael Scott left, I wasn't, I couldn't get into it. Yeah, Do you have that? Much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you like yeah, the yeah. the early seasons too? Yeah. Yeah. And all and all like I'm like the person who started watching Friends at season three because I'm like, oh, they got to find their groove first. Yeah, they really do. Although <laughs> you, know? you know, I don't know if it took three seasons, but it took a minute it where did. you're like, oh, but I like, God. I'm like, oh, I like this plot line. Like, okay, I get it. I get it. They were on a break. Blah blah blah. Now let's move forward. <laughs> Can you believe there are people that don't like Friends? I don't know who these monsters are. They're probably like the same people who are like, yeah, I don't like animals. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean you don't like animals? Nobody doesn't like animals. I just think there are Seinfeld people and there are Friends people. Oh, this is it. true. Is this kind of like the Beatles and the Eagles? Oh, maybe. You know, they say that you're either a Beatles fan or you're an Eagles fan. I definitely did not hear that. And I would have thought it was like Beatles or Rolling Stones. Oh, that's, that's a, you're right. But I've always heard it Beatles, Eagles. No way. I wonder what that is. I think you made that up. Maybe. I do that <laughs> Maybe. Not about the important stuff, but. Um, 
Yeah. What did yeah. you hear about that um Indian kid that had 526 teeth removed from his face? What? What? Ha! Ah! Ah! Oh my god, I didn't think like that had me I have a physical reaction right now from that. I have go- what is going on with well, my body? Remember how- Why does it freak me out so much? Remember how Lincoln had that extra tooth in the middle? Yes. And they had to take it out. It was like a fang. And right. this kid had that too, but he had 526 and they didn't even know. His parents just thought he had like an infection. Oh no. <laughs> they went in there and there was all these teeth hanging out. This is freaking me out. <laughs> like, but like, what do you mean hanging out? I feel like all he had to do was like give one smile. They were in it. How sad is this kid? Him no, not, they were no in his, they were embedded still. Okay. So none of them had popped up. How old was he when they figured this out? I, yeah, I think he was like eight. Oh, okay. That's, You're that's, cracking me mm. up because I'm just picturing him smile and all these teeth right. fall out. Just be like, whoa. <laughs> they look like they're just, I mean, 500. That's, oh, God. Think about how many teeth. You have 26 teeth in your mouth right now, given that you, you know, wait, have I thought it was 32. Because I, I used wait, to call how, Jewel. How many letters are in the alphabet? <laughs> that's the one that you said. 26 or whatever. Yeah, I always thought it was the same number of, th- no, of letters in the alphabet. No, no, no. You have 32 teeth. Oh, I don't know about this look it now. Up. I have to look it up. I'm going to. But uh, think about how that's like almost no teeth compared to 500 <laughs> and something, something. Like if you look at the ratio of exposed to unexposed teeth, like you would have noticed <laughs> something's going on. Well, if you want to chew something with your uh, teeth, however many you have, you should use Instacart because they will deliver your groceries in as fast as one hour or a time that works with your schedule. It's so convenient. I use it all the time. Anytime you're like, oh, we forgot to get beer or we forgot to get um, stuff for the barbecue, they can bring it right to you. You just pick the items that you want from your favorite local re- retailers and they keep the hot items hot and the cold items cold. I love this. I use this several times a week. You don't have to sit in traffic. Try Instacart and get $10 off your first order. To get this limited time offer, go to instacart.com or download the mobile app and enter our promo code BRAINCANDY at checkout. That's $10 off your first order today at instacart.com or through the mobile app. And don't forget to enter our code BRAINCANDY, instacart.com or through the mobile app with our code BRAINCANDY at checkout. Did you look it up? All of our all of our doctor, dentist, and dental assistant friends are probably like screaming the number to the radio. But you are correct; it is thirty two. Mm-hmm. However, when you have all your wisdom teeth removed, you then have twenty eight, which is think what I was thinking of because I had those removed, and so I have. 28. No, you were just wrong. It's all right, though. I also am just wrong. <laughs> Did you have Did them all that? removed? Yeah. Oh my god! I have all Real of them early. still in there. What? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I had to get those things taken out. They were like, you are too wise. I you had, can't have those teeth. I anymore. had like, this was one of the times in my life where I was, I believed in my heart, and maybe I still do, that the the removal of wisdom teeth is being applied excessively. I feel like, huh. here's what I think. This is my conspiracy theory that I okay, actually okay. believe. Yeah. And I think that it's really awkward for dental people to fill cavities and stuff in the back there. And so they know that it's hard to brush. And so they often get cavities and then you're going to, it'll be a kind of a pain. So then they just say, let's just remove them. Cause number one, they make a ton of money off of that. And number two, like it's just more convenient for them. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> so I, they tried to get me to get them out, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. They're fine. They fit yeah. and everything. And they were like, okay, well, we're going to have to fill them, and it's going to be really awkward. I'm like, well, that's your job, so that's do it. That's your fault. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I hear you. And <laughs> counterpoint. Okay. Uh, mine were seriously painful and impacted. Well, yeah, you got to get them I out. I got them taken out because it was like, yo... I'm like a child teething. No, I think that's great. I could like great. see them popping up. You, you should have gotten them out. But if yes, they fit, I am that person. like mine then do, don't get them taken out. then why would I have surgery for right. no it's goddamn dumb. reason? That's a really good point. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. You shouldn't have that. I just think it's and like I, a oh. knee-jerk reaction where they're like, you should get yeah. them out. Well, why? I remember when I got my wisdom teeth pulled and my boyfriend at the time, my very first boyfriend, who I lost my virginity to, broke up with me that day oh. over AOL Instant Messenger. <gasps> the day I got my wisdom That's teeth out. That's a terrible day. The worst day. I can't believe he would do that. And I also remember that I was, it was the first time in my like, you know, young adult life. I mean, not young adult. I was like 15 at the time. And I had not been under anesthesia in my like you know, since I was like an infant or like a real baby, since I had my tonsils taken out. And sometimes when you're going through like trauma or like processing a lot of stuff in your real life, then when you get put under, you can like wake up and you have like almost like night terrors. Like I woke up and I Mm. was hysterically crying from the anesthesia. Like I... They were like worried about me. I, I, in the middle of it, I started crying like crazy. And this was all that going when my dad stuff was going on mm. and where I was like, just like getting through that. And like, oh, it was so bad and still being like harassed by him. And I know that those two things are linked. So yeah, it was a real bad day for me. Real oh bad time. My God. But whatever. My mouth wasn't impacted. What was the reason that so he dumped you? the world's you. fine. <laughs> right. Why did he dump you? Oh, it was just bad to be... Well, you know why he dumped me was that I started getting some balls. Like, yeah. I started not putting up with shit. So he was... This is so messed up. He was 20 or 21, and I was 15, just turned 16. Wow. Uh-huh. Not okay. And <laughs> um, he, there was another girl. This was when MySpace was, like, around yeah. and big. And I was... I was not dating anybody from my school so he was somebody like i met on myspace and like we liked the same bands or whatever and we started dating and like we dated for like a long time like a year and a half which in like teenage worlds like might as well be a million that years is a long time yeah and well really because i was just like i'll do anything for love <laughs> just, like, just like me just look at me and uh and so he was on myspace and i would go over to his house no joke this is like what a date would be like i'd go over to his house i'd sit on the couch and he would be on the internet Oh, it was awful. It was not healthy in any way. I remember just being there being like, okay, just like try to get his attention. Now ask a question. It was awful. And so I remember when, and he was not doing anything to help it at all. Mm -hmm. And so I think in some ways he was like sabotaging the relationship. So I was looking over his shoulder as he was on match.com, not match.com on MySpace, And he is talking to this girl and she's like, oh, I'm going to be coming out there soon. And he's like all excited about it. And I'm like trying to be cool. Like, oh yeah, you could talk to other ladies online. I don't care. And I said, so like if she came out would here, would you want to have sex with her? Oh my God. 
And this is no joke, his response. I remember it to this day. I remember where I was sitting. Uh, he said, well, would you mind? Ah, <gasps> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure I would. So that was kind of like the beginning of the end. And I was so mad. Yeah, you should be. And I just knew. I was like, oh, he's, he's cheating on me. Oh, this isn't like... Yeah, so I think I ended it. I must have... Well, no, he broke up with me. But I, did, I just, like, started pulling away or started, like, maybe asking him a bunch of questions that were, you know... Yeah, he didn't want any of that yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, and I didn't know how to stand up for myself in the right way back then. I well, was like, no I know. Does. I'll, like, sleep with him more. That'll show him. <laughs> right? Like, it's probably, it'll probably something like that, you know? <laughs> God. Right. Dumb. See, that's what I mean. Love makes fools of us all. That's the fools. whole thing. Fools. And I just I did not know. That's and, tragic. Uh, Wonder what he's yeah, doing now. So. I hate how you never know what these people are you doing. You don't, but I'll tell you, the day that I moved into my new house in Cota de Casa, when I, we were first moving in there. Wait, and... is he the one you saw at Home Depot? Yes. No. Yes. Oh, my God. How did I he look? I see him not in the exact same, which is weird. Oh. The I see him like not in you know anything that anybody would want to leave the house in. This is like oh, yeah. my pajamas, and we're we're moving in, and we're I'm like you know doing yeah you look schlubby know, who knows what schlubby as schlubby gets, and I'm like oh, who am I going to run into here? Well, I didn't run. I I don't know if he saw me, but I saw him. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. I would have run right out of there. You think he's sorry? Mm, that's a good no. question. You think he remembers being a dick? Yeah, I do. Do yeah, you? Yeah, he's they probably do? mature now. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty-year-old yeah. guys are real dumb. Real dumb. And now it's no joke. Been twenty years. Yeah. So he would probably be like, "Oh yeah, I was probably not the best." Yeah, I hope so. Because did he have any redeeming qualities? Oh my god! Yeah, she had to think about it. I know. I did. I was like, mm, "Yeah, he's like." He, like, really loved his family. Was he funny at all, or? Yeah, I think he was funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wouldn't date anybody who wasn't funny. <laughs> There's no way. There's... I've never been with anybody. In fact, I've been with people who are, like, so funny but don't have any. That's it. Yeah, Where yeah, people me are too. like, why are you with, like, where, you know. Yeah, I get that. Funny will get you far with me. <laughs> Real far. As evidenced by our friendship. Yeah, well, no, but you have a million other redeeming <laughs> qualities. I'm just saying. Oh, God. Like, I let somebody treat me like shit because he told a good joke. Yeah, but it's like, that's what every 15-year-old girl does. You just have to yes. learn. That's just how yep. it is. Oh, God. That's totally and true. And nobody could yeah. have convinced you not to date him. No, definitely not. In fact, I think my mom tried, and that's probably why I was still with him. And, like, you know, mm. you know. She didn't say, like, you're not allowed to date him because he's older. She said, like, make sure he treats you like a like that's not cool. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff, you know. Well, one thing that is definitely cool is having beautiful skin. And if you are like me and have had problem skin, you know what it's like to feel so humiliated and embarrassed because everyone's looking at your face. Um, BioClarity is a solution for me. I love this product. I saw Sarah tweeting about it the other day. When uh, one of our listeners said she was going to try it, and uh, you said it was the only routine for you. Oh, the only one I've used. I've never 
been brand loyal yeah. with anything. Yeah. Except now. And I love it. Sarah uses the Essentials routine, which is for normal skin, and I use the clear skin routine, which is for oily or breakout prone skin. And it's made such a difference. Believe me, I've seen my before picture. It ain't good. Um, you can get healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com. And right now for our listeners, you'll save 40% on skincare routines plus an additional 15% off everything on their website. It's an incredible deal. You need to use our code BRAINCANDY at checkout. Go to bioclarity.com and get 40% off skincare routines plus an additional 15% off everything on their website when you use our code BRAINCANDY at checkout. And try that system. Yeah. It is nice to not ever have to worry about your skin. Like, I never think about it anymore. Ugh. Right? It's like freedom. Yeah. It yeah, really yeah. is because that is so yeah. embarrassing. Sarah and I were just Ugh. talking about that the other night. Like, whatever is your yeah. thing that you struggle with, it's just like all you can think about when you go out. Yes. Oh, speaking of skin skin issues and things like that, I finally sh- saw that show you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Tell me about because you watched a different one. The one okay. on Netflix is I- Diagnosis. Yes. And so I watched one called Chasing the Cure. Okay. And so it's the which same is idea. the same thing. Yeah, so somebody comes in a few, you know, each episode they have a few different people who have some disease that or, or illness that is like, you know, stumping all the doctors, and they open up, open it up to a panel, and then they open it up to you know Twitter and and you know other people out there, and they get answers, right? And people who are like, oh, I have that. Oh, what hang is in the there. disease usually? Uh, sometimes it's like autoimmune related. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one scenario, oh, one woman, it was polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm. And I, and the doctors kept saying, oh no, no, you don't don't need you to test her for that. They kept on saying like, probably no, which is like, and then one woman, and then they have little clips of people who had similar experiences where like their doctor didn't believe them. And then they kept fighting. And then sure enough, they found out what it was and now they're healthy. And there's one woman who's like, you have to be your own advocate. And I kept thinking of you, how you always say you have to be smarter than your doctor. Yes. And that is all these stories are people who are like, I had to fight and push, you know, and yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. I guess if your symptoms don't match like the typical Right. For that particular illness, then doctors are like, that can't be it. And then they just move on. Because yeah. not everybody's symptoms manifest the same way. And if you've only been a specialist in one, yeah, one yeah, yeah. thing and you've always seen it like that, you, you know, it's like, oh, this doesn't fit. It's like that book so Range. Yeah. About the hyper-specialization leads to yes. misdiagnosis and stuff. You, Yes, you are absolutely right. Good hmm. tie-in. Good. Yes. <laughs> Good tie-in. By the way, you should join our book club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, we do learn a shit, a ton of stuff on there. Adam came up with this idea last night, and I think it's such a good one, speaking of like books and all that. Um, we should do a library tour. Oh, how cool would that be if we like had events at libraries around and Brainiacs could come and we can just like, we'll have fun at libraries. Do little like, uh, 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 what are they called? Not expose, but like a a profile of the librarians. Oh my God. I would have such a boner for that. I know you would. And you know, all of them have cool hobbies and stuff like that. It'll be like, 
you know, if you could be doing any job other than a librarian, what would you do? And they're going to have great answers. <laughs> and, you know, or like okay. if you had a superpower, what would it be? They're going to, they're all going to be good answers. Yeah, see, I love this. What's your favorite board game? I'm going to need to know that because I bet that they're, they like games. I don't know why. Yes. Like it fits. Well, and we could do like, we could have people bring books and we could donate the book. I don't know. Well, I'm going to yes, brainstorm. I love all of yes. this. I think we definitely should because people are getting real excited about our love for libraries and it's like, it's a thing. Yeah, I'm just digging it. Well, yeah. speaking of last night, Adam and I, we celebrated our ninth anniversary, wedding anniversary oh, last night. Oh, happy anniversary. And thank you. And we went out and you know how you have like a fancy meal. And yes. I swear to God, I'm hungover from food. Oh, that's a thing. What the hell? What'd you eat? We went What'd to like eat? a steakhouse and you know, oh, yeah. you get that real fatty meat and then it's like so rich and delicious. But then you're like, oh, <laughs> they even call it on your mouth. They call it palate fatigue. Yes, when you feel like you actually can't even taste. Right, it coats your mouth with like yeah. the fat, and it's so yummy. But then I was like, Adam, why would you let me eat that much? <laughs> I love it. So it's just, what did you do? <laughs> it's his fault. Nine years of marriage and you haven't learned. But how cute is it that we had gotten a babysitter because usually Lincoln doesn't like to go out to eat with us. And obviously mm-hmm, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a romantic night. And Lincoln wanted to come and it was so cute. <gasps> so he got all dressed oh, up and everything. No. Yes. Did he really? Yeah, he thinks he got it's, dressed up. He thinks it's his anniversary too. Did he go with you? Yeah, or did he, he get a did. No, he oh, well, that is real cute. I'm glad that you let him come with you because it, you know, it's not. Lo- yeah, I know Link, and he is not one to be like, <laughs> yeah, let's go out. Right, right, he right. He sensed that there was something special tonight. Yes, isn't that or nice? Yes, it's precious. That kid. I know. I'm telling you, he's the sweetest. <laughs> I freaking love him. I do love sentimentality, and that's really sweet when a kid demonstrates that because uh-huh. he normally and doesn't. Just, he's not a sentimental kind of kid, but. The, the, what it, for him to just like get dressed up and want to do that. I can't wait to show you the picture. It's so cute. That is the cutest thing. <laughs> I can just see him in my mind of like what's going on in little Lincoln's head. <laughs> That's the cute part. Like what's the internal dialogue during uh-huh. that? Oh, it's precious. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was telling Susie people that I, I feel like Lincoln and I have like yeah. reached another level in our relationship because I came over the other day and I gave Adam a hug and then I like didn't say hi to Link because I figured he was like eating pizza, watching cartoons. <laughs> And he pauses the TV and goes, uh, hey, Sarah. hello, Sarah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I didn't know we were on this level where like, I have to like now come over and I love this, but I didn't thank you, Link, for, for uh, letting me know that I need to give you the proper hello. You're part of the team too. Yes. You guys have really had a blossoming it relationship. so cute. My heart. I was like, well, that, that'll be enough to last me for a while. Well, final, you're, you, you saying my heart leads me to a, a segue, which is that I read an article. You probably already know this, but I never knew that broken heart syndrome was actually yeah. a thing. It's a real thing. You can and die it's a real, from it. Uh-huh. And your likelihood of it having, like if somebody that you love passes away... Yes. Then this is more common. Yeah. And they were saying that they've found in a study that people that have had diagnosed broken heart syndrome, which has an actual name, but it's hard to pronounce. It's like myogophagy or yeah, something. Myocardiopathy. Yeah. Myo- That's it. You got it. Yeah. And it, once they have that, then they're more likely to get cancer and also to die from whatever they get within five years of diagnosis, which is shocking. You know who had this? Who? Oh. The amazing Jonathan. Oh, wait. 
That's I know this because I watched that documentary last night. <laughs> Holy crap. And uh, I saw it come up and I was like, I know what that is. Because, you know, my mom, I love her to death. But my mom said that she had this when her dog passed away. Okay. I'm getting what you're saying. I was like, oh, that stood out when I saw the name of it. When he said I have myocardiopathy. I was like, oh, I know what that is. Oh, my God. He has And then that's why I would imagine that they would said, you have this long to live. I think it's one of those things where... That is the condition. It could be caused by X, Y, and Z, oh, yes. or it could be caused by you know da da da. Yeah, they call like, it broken this guy heart is syndrome. Like but... s- smoking meth every day, so <laughs> well, pretty sure that the uh, illicit substance use may be concerned. Right? You know, no, because it's it's actually just when your heart experiences very very intense stress, which yes. you know could be from drugs, of course, or yes. if you lose a loved one, like Debbie Reynolds mm-hmm. is who I think of. How oh, when yeah. um, oh what's her name the daughter uh huh the hell is Princess um, Leia's name sh- uh uh oh my, like you're you're asking the wrong per I know it too it's on the tip of my tongue. Carrie Fisher Carrie Fisher okay thank you I'm like red hair oh my God people were dying <laughs> Carrie Fisher when she passed I me. think that that was so painful for Debbie Reynolds that that's what yeah. you know it's the broken heart thing yeah oh. It's so yeah, sweet. but I can imagine anytime you you, like yeah, full, you know, we were talking the was it you who I was talking to about how we don't like it like scaring people, how kids go through that phase. No. Oh, I was having this conversation with somebody, where like kids go through that phase where they like love to scare people, mm-hmm. like jump out of corners and, and how we should not be doing that. Yeah, why because, do they like, like that? Oh, I know what I was talking about. We, I was having a convert because it's all Halloween's coming up. And so they have like not scary farm and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I was saying how like, I don't want to do that. No. Like don't, do, I don't need to be scared because I don't like the feeling no. of my heart and my body being just like pumped with cortisol and adrenaline and then have nowhere to dump it. Yeah. It feels like it's like, here you go. Here's like an illness 50 years from now that I just gave you. Like that, like hold that, just hold that thought. Yeah. Sorry about that. I had to, if the transition's awkward here, it's because I had to take a call. I'm very important. She's very important, people. <laughs> so I don't even know what we were talking about, but you were real knows? worked I'm up. I'm worked up about something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's been one of those weeks because I had another plane ride where I was worked up about something. I, I, I wrote down, I actually took notes as I was sitting next to this gentleman because I was like, what? I have to remember that this happened. So I was flying uh, from... Well, I don't know, Chicago to wherever. And the guy, I come on the plane and I'm ha- I have like a bag, like a bag of food. You know how they put like a little to-go bag? You can't see what's inside the to-go bag. But all he sees is my to-go bag, which is like a normal lunch si- lunch size to-go bag thing. And then I think he sees I also have a sleeve of Ritz crackers in my bag. <laughs> oh, my God. And he looks at it and he goes, do you uh, think you have enough food there? <gasps> yep. To you? To me. Shut up. You think you have enough food. And then you know what I did in that moment? I panicked and I was like, well, it's just a salad in here. And I explained it. You didn't. I did. This is the opposite of stop being polite. I should have said to him like. But sometimes you just don't see things coming. I didn't. And I was just like, did he just ask? And then I no joke. I had to write this down. (laughs) And then you know what I did? Because I was in the middle seat. Oh. He didn't even get to touch his armrest the whole entire yeah, time. Yeah, fuck that. That's what you get. First of all, it's mine anyway. Do you and think he thought he was being charming? I don't know. 
Okay. It didn't what, feel what like What kind that. of guy are we talking about here? Mm, he may have experienced a little bit of rejection in his day. <laughs> I just meant like, how old is he? Oh, I'm like That's going a deep emotional. This is what happens. It's kind of like when people like my pregnant friends, I always am like, how are you feeling? And they like give me their physical symptoms. <laughs> right, and I'm like, right. no, no, no. Emotionally, <laughs> this is it. Where you're like, well, what is he like? And I'm like, well, chances are he has some early childhood trauma based on this. Because that's exactly where I was going to go. But no, he was, what he looked like? Is that what you want to know? Well, yeah. Like yes. what is demographics? He like? Okay. He's a, a white guy, uh, brown hair, short on the shorter side. Like shorter than me. And he was how old? And probably in his late 40s. So it's kind of like a dad joke thing. Yeah, but not he's not old enough for that to be for it to have come yeah, it's across. Yeah, not as adorable. That. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't saying it in that way. It felt judgy. It felt like, "Oh, you got a lot of you got enough food there." What did you say? Oh, you were like, "Oh, it's a salad." I was like, "It's a salad in here." And then I was like, "Why the fuck am I defending my food? I don't care if it's And then, you know what I did the rest of the fight? I was way hungrier. Aww. Like I was now aware and I ate everything in my bag. I ate almost that entire sleeve of Ritz crackers and the <laughs> granola bar that was in there. And then every time I ate a cracker, I was like, is he think, is he, yeah. I, I, it's so dumb. And then I, would, I was like, oh, he's asleep. Okay. I'm fine. I'm safe to eat. Waitress, waitress, <laughs> or not waitress. I always do that. Flight attendant. Waitress. I always call a waitress. It's so bad. It's so bad. I'm really just thinking who can bring me wine? <laughs> And speaking of wine, Suze, during this trip, I was on four planes, so four different legs. Yeah. Two, two there, two yeah. home. Mm-hmm. 50% of those, I got free wine. The other yeah. 50, I had to pay. This you is are what right. makes me crazy. There is no rhyme or reason. It's different every time. And then, God forbid, you don't get your credit card out in 2.5 seconds when they do want to pay, charge you for yes. it. They look at you like, what are you trying to get away with something here? Yeah. I'm like, can it? But then if I get my card out, Sometimes it just sits there because they don't ask for it ever. Correct. That's what happened this time. Okay. I'm sick of it. And then yeah. one of the times we, our plane was delayed like a half an hour. So I was thinking, okay, well, maybe that's it. It's like payoff for, you Oh, know, okay. Yeah. Sometimes like fair, I do think tray, it is tray. like that. Reciprocal. You know? mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But they, however, not on my flight home. And uh, so mm-hmm. the good thing is that this guy was being a dick, but the flight attendant <laughs> gave me free booze. Well, this is almost as good as free booze. It's... uh the deal that we have with the New Yorker. Oh, yeah. That okay. is where well, you get a freaking free stuff. So Yes. The New Yorker is one of my favorite publications because it has something for everybody. You know, if you're into pop culture or politics or fiction, they have something for you and you will be in the know. And I love that the articles are, they're more in depth than you would get in an uh, a normal publication. It's you really learn a lot about the subject you're reading about, and sometimes it's just silly stuff too, like freaking bed bugs or uh, <laughs> paper jams. Yeah, um, yes, that was a good one. They have a great deal for you guys. You get 12 weeks of the New Yorker for six dollars plus the exclusive tote. You go to newyorker.com/braincandy. Our listeners will save 50 percent if you use our code Brain Candy. So NewYorker.com/braincandy and then Brain Candy, mm-hmm. um, and get the tote and get your get your groove back, whatever. <laughs> um, and we, I don't know. And we have a guest today. Sarah's going to be very jealous uh-huh. that I got to talk to this woman. She is a wonderful friend of mine online, um, and she wrote a children's book called The Someone New, and it's about um, 
that feeling of that person or that animal in this case is different from me and it scares me and why we should be okay with people not being just like us and be accepting of them anyway. It's a beautiful book and she's a badass bitch because she's a writer on uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Hell yeah. And I was telling her how I was joking with her, like what's she doing in the writer's room because she doesn't have a penis. And (laughs) she was saying how... The way she got her job was through another friend of the Brain Candy Podcast, Nell Scavell. Get out! Yeah, Nell saw her tweets and was like, hey, have you ever thought about writing for a late night? Yes! I Oh! Yes. Girls helping girls! That's Woo! what I said! Love this! Yes. Yes, this is true. Girls and women support women right here. So oh. you should, if you have a kid or you buying a gift for somebody, get this book, The Someone New I'm going to make a donation to our local library and to Lincoln School because it's such an important idea um, for me and for Jill. This was about the, you know, immigrants that are, yes. you know, being, you know, you this know. Is our, this is full circle about what we started talking about. Yes. Like the, the people who have the dissenting point. Views yeah. And- and then she said it's great for kids, too, with new kids in school. You know, they're not thinking about the border and immigration. Right. Correct. They're just thinking, I'm going to school this week, and I'm scared, and I might be the someone new, or maybe someone else is the someone yeah. new. Yeah. So it's just a cool idea, and it's a beautiful mm. book. It made me tear up. It was really oh, special. Oh, I can't wait to read it. Anyway, so welcome to the show, Jill Twist, and please follow her on social media and get her book, The Someone New. Welcome to the show, Jill. I am uh, sorry that I made you... Wait, we had technical difficulties, but here we are. We've done it. Welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you about your your new book and how amazing you are. And basically, this won't be an interview. It'll be just me, you know, showering you with praise because you're so awesome. <laughs> tell me how you're feeling about your book, Someone New. I mean, tell me, like, what is it like to have this experience of people reading your work in this new way? Um. Honestly, it's crazy. My day job uh, is as a writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. So my audience is cynical, (laughs) sad adults, I think, Um, (laughs) which is very much who I am. Those are my people. Um, But there's something so wonderful. Yesterday, I actually got to read my book to actual children in the Bronx at the library. And it was the most amazing experience. And it gave me this sort of like weird hope that you don't get if you spend all day reading the news, which yeah. is what my job is. So it's really been delightful. Tell me what it was like it, actually reading it to kids. Oh, my gosh. It was Well, this book, um, I'm just going to say really quick a little bit what it's about because that'll make the story make more sense. Um, but someone new is a story about a chipmunk. You never feel stupider than when you're describing the plot of a picture book to an adult, <laughs> but here we are. Um, it's about a chipmunk named Jitterbug who's very afraid of new things. Um, and a new snail comes to town. Um, and Jitterbug has never seen a snail before and she's very nervous and she has to learn that even though new is scary, uh, it's important to welcome someone new. Um, and she learns that kindness is stronger than fear. Mm. Um, and so when I read this yesterday in the Bronx, um, they were kind enough to provide for me a translator. So we read it in both English and Spanish. Okay, that's the best. Um, to a, it was so great to a bunch of kids who were just about to go back to school. Mm. Um, and I just had a little girl come up to me and tell me that she was coming to a new school. Um 
it was so it was just so exciting for me. I weirdly went to eleven schools in my twelve years oh, of going wow. to school. So I was always the new kid. And so I'm just mm. kind of hoping this is a resource to be like, Hey, be nice to the new kid. Yes. Oh my gosh. And when I read our copy to my son with my son, I told you I choked up. It was such a beautiful message. Oh. And he loved it and thought it was adorable and funny and great and important. But my God, people, I bet you a lot of the adults that you speak to have had a similar reaction. It's kind of emotional, right? I think we're all in a weird place. Yeah, we're all wrong. Um, and obviously, I mean, the metaphor here is not subtle. For kids, of course, this is about new kids at school or even like trying a new food. Um, But for us, I think, and certainly a lot of what was on my mind when I was writing it uh, is is what's going on at the border and just how terrifying it is. Um, And, you know, for me, this book was a lot about the message that I wish that I could get across to adults. Yeah. Um, That, yeah, new things can be scary. I get it. You want things to stay the same. But there are some things that are stronger than your fear, and that is being kind to new people. Um, and so, yeah, I think I, you know, I, I definitely don't tear up at my own book. That would be creepy, but I definitely, <laughs> uh, sort of wrote it just thinking like, I, I don't know what to do with yes. grownups right now, yeah. but like kids are so open to the message of kindness. <sighs> Tell me this, when you read the book to, when you read the book to kids and you had that gal come up to you, do you feel like the group more generally gets the message and embraces it? Or is it, you know, just another book and they have fun reading? Or what is your sense? I mean, of course, I believe that they get the message. I could be, you know, deluding myself. But I think that kids are really, they feel it all in a very visceral way as far as like everything is new when you're a kid. Like, it genuinely is really scary. And I I know what it's like for a kid when there's someone new at school and you're like, hey, dude, like, I just got this figured out for myself. I just figured out who to have lunch with. Yeah. I just figured out, like, how to not look stupid in class. And now you're coming in and that could change everything. And I'm really nervous about that. Mm-hmm. But... They're absolutely open to the idea that, yeah, sure, it makes you a little bit nervous, but the right thing to do here is to think about how scared that person is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt when I read it to my son, I felt like he really got it, and I thought that was special because sometimes you read books to kids and you think, I mean, you might see the message, but they don't see it. I really felt like he did in in this case. Um, And... I'm so glad. Oh my God. It's so special. And then I see people on Twitter, like buying copies to give away. It become it was becoming like a movement and it felt really, like you said, it makes you have hope for a second. Cause normally we're all sad about everything that's going on in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I explain a little bit of what happened? Yes. Tell us. It was so, it was so crazy. I just had, I'm trying to remember which specific horrible thing happened that (laughs) night. I think it was the night, uh, oh gosh, no, I know exactly what it was. It's the night I don't want to talk about, but it was where uh, people were at a Trump rally chanting, send her back, um, about a member of Congress who is an American citizen 
Um, and I was just so sad and I couldn't think of anything to do. And all I thought of, and I know this was nothing, was just I said on Twitter, you know what, I'm going to give away five copies of this book. Um, so message me if you'd like to have a copy of this book for your kid or your classroom or whatever. Um, and weirdly, the first message I got was from a woman who said, uh, I want to be anonymous, mm-hmm. but can I also donate five more books? And just, she'll just give away 10 books, but don't tell anyone. Oh, and I man. went, oh, yeah, of course. Great. Um, but then the next message I got was from someone else doing the same thing. Um, and pretty soon I was getting messages, of course, from people who wanted the books for the classroom. But I was getting messages almost as much from people who just wanted to donate books. So, so by the end, people had donated, I think, like 60 books for me to, you know, they donated money for me to send 60 books to just different kids who needed them for various reasons. And I was so thrilled and I went to bed. And then I woke up the next day, my publisher, um, Pepper Collins, was like, hey, we saw your tweet. Um, <laughs> and what if we just donate all those books instead and send them out? Um, and then all the money that people sent you, we sent uh, to uh, Races, which is an, uh, an immigration charity helping kids at the border, um, with the permission, of course, of the people that donated it. And it cry. just ended up being this huge, wonderful thing. The publisher also donated a hundred more books to libraries at the border. Um, and it was this, like, it was this night that was just really dark. And then it came out so great. There are so many wonderful people out there trying to like do a good thing. There's so many classrooms now that can read this book to help people introduce new children to the classroom or whatever, because people were just feeling as crappy as I was, and you probably were that night, and they wanted to do something. Yeah, and there is a feeling that there isn't anything we can do, but there are things you can do to at least lift your spirit and to know that you're making the world better, even if the world's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Well, yeah, and children are are the hope, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I genuinely am weirdly optimistic about, the, you know, a couple of years from now, things <laughs> not being like this. But I don't feel like I can, you know, sit back and go, things are going to get better. I think you have to do everything you can think of. And sometimes that's kids, because kids are really, like, our best shot for not having a bunch of scared people <laughs> dictating our policy. Well, and this wasn't your first dive into the children's literature world, right? No, my first book, uh, my first kids book that I wrote um, was through the TV show I worked for last week tonight. Um, and it was called A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was, if you don't know about it, um, Marlon Bundo is actually... Vice President Mike Pence's actual pet bunny. Um, and for some reason, I had become very attached to that bunny <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> um, and I think I'm really into very cute animal names. It's sort of weird that I did not write children's books before this because I have a whole Google Doc no, um, on my computer that's just good names for animals. And I don't have any pets. Um <laughs> That's a weird thing to have. And so I got very attached to Marlon Bundo. And then one day I saw the press release saying uh, that they were releasing a book about Marlon Bundo. And I felt like really personally angry, which is insane. I know. Um, I was like, no, this is my bunny. No, <laughs> this is no. my thing. Um, 
And so I pitched it to the show. And literally within hours, John was like, yeah, okay, write the book. Um, and we, we had a quick discussion just as to whether it was going to be a real children's book or whether it was going to be sort of a sarcastic book that was really for adults. Um, and we decided to give it a shot um, as a real kid's book. So I just went off and wrote something that I thought that way they could sort of go, oh, no, not that. We wanted more like yeah, this yeah. or whatever. Um, and I came back with a thing and they said, oh, great. We'll publish that. Um, <laughs> and we found an illustrator. And uh, and literally, I think, like, three and a half months later, it was published. That's it, bonkers. It was insane. And, and I've learned not at all how the publishing industry works. <laughs> well, and what did it feel like? Did you just think this was a lark and silly? Or were you like, oh, this opens the floodgates? It was crazy. Um, crazy in that I just didn't expect, well, none of, we didn't expect any of that at all. I think we printed, we sort of looked at how previous books had sold, and I think we printed like 40,000 copies, and those were sold out in like the first two minutes. That's amazing. Um, it was so crazy and, and very, very misleading as far as, <laughs> you know, how it's going to be to write a book or publish a book <laughs> right, or anything right, right. like that. Um, oh, I should say, of course, all the, all the money for that book, um, like everything I would have received or the illustrator would have received, anything we would have received went to, uh, to charities. Yeah. Um, it went to the Trevor Project, um, which is helps, uh, LGBTQ, uh, kids who need help, um, and to AIDS United. That's um, so awesome. So all, all of the like money went. You're making the wonderful. rest of us look bad. It's the worst. I, <laughs> I am not. I am not. Uh, but but it was it was just an absurdly crazy and wonderful experience. It was so cool, and it's why I now get to write kids books, which is something I never expected to be yeah. doing. So this wasn't in the plan, not at all. But it's very much one of those things that I sort of like hit myself in the head and go like, oh. Obviously, you did this. Like, I, I read kids' books for fun. I read the Ramona Quimby book, Aww. like, constantly. I love them so much. So it's very weird that I never thought, um, I never thought that maybe I would do this. I actually had gotten a book agent just a couple weeks before the book came out for, like, a young adult book I thought I was going to write. And then mm. I had to call her and be like, I'm so sorry I didn't tell you, but I have a book coming out tomorrow. <laughs> Um, and after that, she was like, so what do you do? Well, you obviously need to write a kid's book. That's amazing. Do you think that Mike Pence read your book? I don't know that I think Mike Pence reads. But, <laughs> um, oh, my God. No, I don't think he did. I do think his, his daughter said she bought a copy of it. Mike no. um, Pence is the one who actually wrote their version of the book. To my knowledge, she seems lovely. Um, I also have a copy of their book. Um, I feel very territorial about my own bundle. Yes. Um, and I feel not great about Mike Pence. But Charlotte Pence, the person actually wrote the book, she seems nothing nice. against her. Okay. She seems fine. <laughs> um, okay. Now, what is a gal like you doing in writer's rooms where notoriously there's only penises allowed? <laughs> well, luckily, that is not a rule at our show. Um, 
we have been lucky to have, uh, I have never been the only woman on our writing That's staff, amazing. which is, uh, which is amazing. It seems weird to have to say that, but that is amazing. Yeah. It's a big deal. Um, and I've, I mean, I, I can't pretend the comedy industry is any different than it is. It's not mm-hmm. a great place always to be a woman, but I will say, um, the reason I have this job is because a woman named Nell Scovell, um, who, who was a writer for, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, mm-hmm. she was a writer for Letterman. She was the co-writer of, of the book Lean In. Um, she invented, invented, she created, uh, the TV show Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, one day I just got an email from her out of the blue saying, have you ever wanted to write for TV? I've seen your Twitter. You're very funny. Um, and I said, yeah, that's all I want. Like I have been trying for years to get anyone to read anything I was writing. I just wanted to submit to a show. And she said, I can't get your job. But I can get your stuff read. Mm. Um, and within six months, I had this job. And oh so my God. all credit to her for getting someone to read it. And all credit to John Oliver, honestly, for hiring someone with no experience. Because that's a really brave thing to do on a brand new show. That's amazing. And Nell is a hero. Uh, we've had her on the show and she's just remarkable and never quits. Like she never tires of yeah. the work that she does. And I'm just amazed by her. And it makes me really I am happy. amazed by, like, the the breadth of her work. Yeah. Every time I think of, like, what she's done, then I remember eight more things uh, that she did that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. And then on the side, you know, she's the reason, because she emailed me, I now always, you know, she's the reason I have my DMs open on Twitter. I shouldn't Aww, say that, but I so do. Nice. Um, it's because I feel like someone took such a big chance on me, and I will always... I'll try to answer any emails, but I will specifically try to always answer emails from women who Mm. want to get into comedy because I know it's hard. Yeah, that's really special and uh, honorable. And I'm just so glad anytime women lift each other up in that way, it's really, it's something special and we ought to be doing. We have to. It doesn't, you know, I think that's a thing that Nell talks about that was a surprise to her is you think for a while that just being in there is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in that writer's room. Things yes. are getting better because I'm here. And then you realize like the numbers really didn't get better for a long time. She yeah. was there for a long time. And so you have to actively do things to make the change you want. Just being there and being good apparently is not enough. Do you have a particular process, especially I ask since you weren't somebody that was in that field all the time this is relatively new for you do are you someone with a process in how you create your jokes and write your stuff um i guess do you mean more for the show or more like for children's books or either um both really because i don't know how either would be created (laughs) (laughs) it is amazing how every time i sit down i go oh i have forgotten how to write words i have no idea right Uh, I don't, it's, it's astounding how, uh, how little you can rest on anything you've written previously yeah. and immediately you're, you're like, this is so bad. I have nothing to say. <laughs> um, I don't, my process is mostly freaking out, convincing myself that I can't write words and then Stop having a deadline. Um, no. and if it's, if it's a kid's book and they don't give me a deadline, um, I make my own deadlines. Like I write yeah. to my publisher and I say, I'm going to have a draft to you by this day. So then yeah. I'm a jerk. If I don't have it. 
um, weird little tricks, which are which are so little because there honestly is no trick. Um, I never drink coffee before I have this job. Hmm. So every so often when it's just getting bad, I'm like, a cup of coffee will somehow make magic words come out. Um, <laughs> and the other thing I do is I switch locations. I think truly I have like 90 good minutes of writing in me a day. Yeah. And sometimes I have to write for, you know, 14 hours. But really I only have 90 minutes. So I will switch to, if I can, I'll go to a coffee shop and that'll get me like another hour. Yeah. If I can't, if I have to be in the office, I will switch from my desk to the couch. Um, and I think my body is tricked a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, hey, it's a new day. It's a different day. You have another 90 minutes in you. Yeah, um, that's so, so annoying. I definitely do that. How the human mind is so weak in that way where you can trick it into. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it really it's is. And I do feel like it's tricked because I feel like, honestly, left to my own devices, I have like an hour and a half in me <laughs> and that's about it. And then it starts to go bad. And then, it, you know, I really... Every time, every like location switch, I don't get another ninety minutes. But if I can get like mm-hmm. another three jokes in, and then wow. I can like go somewhere else and get another two jokes, it's worth Christ. it. Christ, I would have an ulcer. You're amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for the someone new, did you? How did you come up with the particulars of it? You, I, I imagine you had a sense of what you wanted the story to be, but how did you come up with like this character and this character, et cetera? Um, great question. I think what I did is I tried to pick my favorite animal that I wanted to have in a book. The thing, first of all, that I thought would be really cute in pictures, my illustrator, Mm -hmm. E.G. Keller, who is also my illustrator for Marlon Bundo, makes the best, like, faces. Um, (laughs) he, he just has, he puts so much heart in the characters. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I was thinking about is, um, what animals would, like, I don't want a bunch of the same looking brown animals. Like, yeah. you have a badger and a squirrel. And so I was thinking a lot about that. What animals look different from each other? Mm. And what animals do I love the most? Like, I wanted otters. And I wanted two of them because I know that otters hold hands when they float. And oh. that made me so happy that I was like, I need two otters. And I need them to be your best friends. <laughs> um, and then I just thought about kind of what I want to say. Yeah. Um, as far as, because I, I think that while you can just be like, be nice to new people, for me, especially for kids, it's important to acknowledge that we are really all scared of new things. Yeah. You know, just ask me before I have to go to a party at someone's house they've never <sighs> been to before. Right. I will like find every excuse to get out of it. And so I wanted to acknowledge that a little bit. And to me, I just, I don't know. I thought of a chipmunk because they seem so nervous to me. <laughs> Um, I'm sure they're not. They're probably very zen, but they seem like they're always kind of freaking out. Like, maybe there's not going to be any more acorns next year. I got to get them all right now. Um, (laughs) So that's how I came up with that. And then the butterfly. um, I just feel like there's so many weird facts about butterflies that I really like. Like, when I read the butterfly case with their feet, I was like, I need a butterfly that just shares all these butterfly facts. Yes, I that was my favorite character and also I just loved the way the character was illustrated so beautifully. So gorgeous. I'm hoping one day, who knows if this will ever happen, that that Toast the Butterfly will have her own book about fact checking. <laughs> yes, please. Please. I'll like start the <laughs> Kickstarter for that. Um <laughs> Well, do you feel like the I you're gonna write more, right? <laughs> 
more of these? Um, I Well, I have written one more book um, that's going to come out next June. So I know that that one is going to exist. We're still working on it and illustrations and all that stuff. But I can say that uh, next June we will have a book with the same characters and it will be about voting. Oh, cool. That's so exciting. Oh, gosh, yeah. that is amazing. And I'm glad that the characters <laughs> will be coming back, too, that we can get used to them. I, I've sort of fell in love with them yeah. and Harper Collins was nice enough to, to let us have a second book with them and I'm so thrilled. Oh, that's exciting. And I'm I'm really happy for you. And I know our listeners are gonna love the book as well. And we <laughs> have one uh question we ask everybody that comes on the show, which is although you live in New York, this might not apply to you. What do you keep in the trunk of your car if you have a car and if not in your bag? Oh, okay. I definitely don't have a car. Um, what do I keep in my bag? Um, I just went through it and I have, I would say like 32 pounds of change. Why? Because I always just throw it in the bottom of my bag and then never, I I, I can't, I I don't have it in me to have people behind me in line and have me like out quarters. I feel like a horrible person. So then I just throw it in the bottom of the bag and I seem to have like seven different bird's bees chapsticks. Um, (laughs) That is my consistent, and then I always have a notepad with paper. Um, I just bought stickers oh, um, that cute. I put in there because <laughs> this is very sad, and I'm going to admit it. Um, I decided that I would like to give myself a sticker every time I went to the gym. No. Um, so here we are, and I'm doing <laughs> That's amazing. That's all it takes for you to go to the gym, a sticker? Well. Oh, they are penguin stickers, and they are very good stickers. Oh and I had God. to admit that it like it made me so satisfied to get a little sticker every time I went. So That's adorable. <laughs> oh my God, this is my favorite story ever. Um, and um, regarding the Burt's Bees, are they different flavors or all the same, or what? Um, they are mostly the same color. They're, mm. I don't know what the color is. It's like rose something. It's just that every time I see it, I'm like, I definitely need that. I'm definitely out. But I'm definitely not out. They're definitely just <laughs> all at the bottom of my back. Have you ever finished a chapstick? No. I feel like I no one I, ever I has. something. No, no one ever has. I bet that there's like a huge like prize at the bottom that no, <laughs> right. one's no one's ever discovered that's hilarious i am concerned about the change in your bag i feel like this could lead to lower back trouble i don't know oh yeah no you're not wrong you're you should wrong. you should roll those babies <laughs> i should do it i i i yeah just think I about it. Just I don't have anything it. good to say about this. I'll do it, and then I'll give myself a sticker. <laughs> All right. Hello, there's a penguin sticker in it for you. All right. <laughs> you are off the hook. I cannot wait till everyone tells me they bought your book. And we're going to oh. donate some to our local libraries and to my son's school. And uh, we're going to just spread the word about how amazing you are and how the message that you have written about. I love this so much. Thank you so much for doing this. That's so great. Jill, thanks for coming on the show. And also, thanks for waiting for me as I try to figure out your phone number. I will wait anytime (laughs) for you. This podcast is brought to you by Weave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. 